If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, this is Benjamin Boyce, and welcome to another episode of the Boyce of Reason podcast. Today's guest is Mars, who is somebody who runs their own podcast, somebody who is from the Midwest and a trans man and to the right of center. We speak about a lot of different things regarding, you know, the cultural attitudes towards transness and how those attitudes can change from a bottom-up or a top-down way of, uh, you know, organically or being force-fed through all these different trainings and how these trainings have to do with a certain sort of ideology that somebody such as Mars, who is a trans man but not a leftist, has problems with. Um, We suss out those kind of issues. It's a great conversation. I'm just going to dive right into it because there's nothing else that I need to say to prepare you for the pleasure of this discourse. Here's Mars. I don't mind talking about how a gender identity course is being shoved into workplaces. And yeah. uh, I, did, I, I did get pissed off enough to, that I contact the civil rights government fucking office, whatever it is. <laughs> and okay. uh, I was like, I just really wanted to know where they're getting this shit. And um, the lady was like, oh, we're just getting information from um, LGBT centers and the National Transgender Center of some shit. I don't know what. Um, so, yeah, it's like, okay. It's good to know that those people are apparently experts in my life. Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> it's kind of uh, frustrating. I bet. So, <laughs> yeah, th- that that's one of the very, I guess, uh, fruitful uh, lines of inquiry um, to explore how this mm-hmm. – I don't know if you would call your state – uh, an identity or a condition, or I don't know like how you even think about it, but because it's politicized, it comes with all this garbage that you yourself have to weed through that has nothing to do with your actual state and and working on that. Sorry. Is this, are we, is this it or I will, I will cut in as soon as we are clear. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, can you let me know? Uh, no, because I was like, okay. I don't want to share something I'm not supposed to. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it, it well, is it is frustrating. In Kansas, um, you're talking about like transgender laws or something? Okay, so you are a transgender individual or perhaps a transsexual individual. I don't, I don't want to... Transsexual. Transsexual works. Yeah. Okay. So you, you have your own biography with regards to that whole arc and how that's informed your life. Mm -hmm. And it's incredibly personal. Then comes along this politicization of this state of yours. And then it gets regurgitated on levels that you have no control over that is then boxing you in or forcing people to think in ways about you that you don't have, I guess, any say over. Is that potentially I mean, traumatic for you? Or? Honestly, uh, like in regards to my job and this specific course, yeah, absolutely. That really, I mean, I was thinking about when that happened and I had to take that course. I thought about it. It, it upset me. I also happened to walk in when 
somebody was going off about how like you know a coworker was and i don't blame her for this like i could totally understand how she would be upset but she was going off about like how she you know refuses she's not going to use this terminology and i'm like i can't be mad at her but i am upset because obviously as the only transgender transsexual person at my job who's open that's a reflection of me now so now i feel like i have to prove myself more i have to you know just i have to do more basically you know to kind of show that a i'm not like this course says and b i'm just like a regular person in the world as as much as i can be so yeah i mean it is insulting and on some level i don't like using traumatic because it sounds dramatic and that also rhymed but <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it's just it, it honestly I, I i thought about it i reacted so i was so upset i ended up talking to my supervisor about it which i didn't think i was gonna do i was like just venting to her um and then I, I revisited the whole topic a month later. I was still upset about it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to contact somebody about this. I want to know where they're getting this info. Um, so, yeah, it's it's en enough that it made me contact an office. I, that's not my style. I don't do that. Um, but I really am curious, like, who is dictating what I'm supposed to believe and say, you know? And then dictating what other people believe and say. Yeah. And then using you... Uh, and then forcing you into awkward situations, right? Like defending yourself yeah. against the Zer aspect of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't help but laugh when you. Yeah, Zer exactly. Um, and it's just funny because uh, originally this course was called like uh, transgender awareness something, um, and I don't know if it's because I complain or maybe multiple people complain, but they changed it now. It's called gender identity something else. Um, but in this course, originally they had a list of words that literally it said, do not use. They've now changed it to avoid to use, <laughs> um, whatever. But but this course that said do not use included the word transsexual in it. And I, I mean, as somebody who has been using this to describe you know, myself, I mean, where does that put somebody like me? So you're saying that a transsexual, which I happen to be, is a derogatory term? Like, do you see what I'm saying? Now, of course, if I happen to have, if I had been like a different type of trans person, I could have taken this list and fought it and created a, a huge, like, you know, issue out of it. But because that's not really my style, I just kind of fight it in my own way and it, it goes nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm -hmm. that's what's frustrating because I know if it had been a different type of trans person and a different list of words, well, then the world would obviously find out what's happening. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Do you feel that you are almost being coerced into being an activist just to separate yeah. yourself from this? I don't think I'd ever use that word, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess on some level, maybe I fit it, but I, that's, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be that. I mean, I'm just like, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to speak out because I feel like if I don't, well then if things get worse, I'm going to look back and think, well, what did you do? Nothing, you know? So that's really what I'm trying to do. Well, okay. So what is like the, the first thing that you want people to understand about people like you or like you? And how is that different than what is being pushed from these different organizations and workshops and stuff? Like what's the, what's the first thing um, that you want to distinguish? I mean, I guess like what I'd really want to distinguish is the fact that like I don't expect you to use any specific pronouns. Um and you don't necessarily have to, like, 
you know, one thing I hear a lot of trans activists is like, they like to tell people that they need to get educated. And to me, I don't need the world to get educated on like being a transsexual is it's more of if you're in my life and I am getting personal with you, like, yeah, then I feel like on some level, maybe you should know a little bit, but I don't, I just want people, I guess, if anything, to know that there's a massive difference between a transsexual and um, somebody that fits the transgender label because under transgender, it's an umbrella of like, I don't even know, 100 genders or whatever. And so I guess I would start with that. Like, that's probably my biggest issue is the fact that uh, transgender, you know, for people, especially people that don't get plugged into this stuff, because unless you're like on social media and really, you know, following it to, to most of the world, transgender, you know, we're delusional people with purple hair or something, you know what I mean? Like, mm. um, and, and I understand how that could be what they think because that's what they typically see. You know, they see these people that are very kind of eccentric looking and I don't, you know, when I go outside into the world, like I'm just your average Joe on so many levels um, until you know that I'm a transsexual. Now it's like, oh, okay, so this is a different type of guy or whatever. You know what I mean? Hmm. I don't know if that answered your question. No, it's a good um, it's a good launching off point because it seems like you were not consulted on how the media is representing your basically what you are. Yeah. You're not consulted at all. And you're doing, you're on the ground just living a life. And it seems like, like that with, with what you brought up with trans activists or any sort of activists using that weird refrain where everybody else needs to be educated to understand mm -hmm. the right way to think. You're allowing for a space for people to be naturally curious, which will then right. lead them to just want to know and ask questions. And whether or not that's a burden yeah. on you to answer everything or not is another question. I mean, I don't have to answer, but I mean, that's generally how it goes. Like, you know, people at work, for example, I mean, they know what's going on with me because I started to transition at that job. So it's like, I mean, I can't go stealth there, even if I wanted to, it's, it'd be dumb. Um, but naturally, just like you said, there have been, um, you know, several coworkers that have opened up and asked me things that they have been curious about. I, I could have, you know, kind of been a jerk and been like, well, you should just get educated. There's Google, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't see the, the gain in having that kind of attitude. Um, I also don't see how it would benefit me to just shut down and be like, no. Um, I mean, I'll just talk to you about it because it's really not that big of a deal unless I make it a big deal. Yeah. So do you think that because you transitioned at work, um, do you think that the culture could have been better or more accepting of you? Or do you think that the way that you handled it and the way that society was like culture in general was that it, there wasn't that many snags. Like if this training does matter at all, it would be in helping mm -hmm. to just relieve some of the ignorance around this topic you're talking about just to be clear you're separating the let's say the training that i had to take out work from what it was like for me as a trans guy to step into a workplace that had never had a trans guy there yeah okay. well using using your experience like how would you redesign this training around like what you needed um i i wouldn't have a training <laughs> there's huh. To me, there's there's no point because like, um, just to use an example, like for example, uh, some lesbians are butch, okay, um, 
And so when lesbians, you know, even before transgender was a big thing, there's always been people that are very androgynous looking, you know, and there was never a course on how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So why is there a course today on how to deal with a trans person unless we want to be treated in a very unique way, which I don't. I just want to be treated, you know, just like anybody else. So if you're confused about who I am uh, because of how I present, that I mean, whatever, that's fine because guess what? This other person over here who happens to be a butch lesbian or maybe is a guy, who knows? Um, would you treat them just the same? You, know, you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't want this whole new way of like how to treat us. Design. Like, we don't need a book on that. It just should be common sense, respect, that, that, that sort of thing. And honestly, you know, I know that there's people that I work with that are, are pretty religious. And I know that especially this particular person that I spoke about, I overheard how they refuse to use pronouns. Like they have shifted a little bit and have started to use pronouns for me, which was very, very interesting. I never asked them to. I never had that topic or that discussion with them. So it's really interesting to see that, you know what, I'm just I've just been myself acting like a regular person. And this person has naturally chosen to then at some point say, hey, I'm just going to use these pronouns. Now, that doesn't change the fact that no doubt I'm pretty sure that they still per- probably perceive me as a female, but that's kind of irrelevant to me. I don't care. <laughs> so mm-hmm. mm. so they've just naturally accommodated you and without the need of coercion from uh, an authority or, or the threat of getting penalized somehow, oh. either by you socially or by their job. Exactly, yeah. And because, I mean, if it was an issue... I could have gone into this job and I could have just, you know, lost it on certain people for not using a pronoun or for using the wrong one. But what is that going to get me? And again, considering where I live, which, you know, Kansas, probably very red, right? So if anything, I'm, you know, in some way, I feel like it's even more important for me to handle the fact that I'm trans at my job with people who have no clue of what that is, on, on, you know, unless they've seen the GameStop uh, person, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. like that, that would be probably all they know. So it's like, if anything, I need to handle this in a, in a more careful way. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't want to blow things out of proportion, but it seems that the ideology um, behind the gender identity thing is actually mm-hmm. taking advantage of a very um, a very vulnerable group, right? Like a group that, that's yeah. undergoing a lot of psychological stress and then a lot of social stress too to navigate this process that you're going through. Um, just to, to just to fit into society, it, there's a lot of extra stress for you. Um, if I may, just put that out there. Then yeah. this gender identity comes through, and it wants to insert into culture like this whole other like reboot or uh, around these ancient concepts of what a man is, what a woman is. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and because it doesn't really have a lot of coherence, it has to be just rammed through. And the people who are ramming it through don't seem like they're worried about having to live with normal people in normal life. They want to like completely smash the binary or whatever, you know, and they're attaching you into this whole, push when you're it seems like you have the wisdom and the insight to say i just want to i'm going to have to live with these people so i don't want to 
inconvenience right. them or, or like exactly. force myself on them because I don't want them forcing it on me. Mm-hmm. Their idea. Yeah. And then the other thing that I always find interesting is a lot of these people um, want to smash the binary, but they're doing that in a very interesting way where some of them mm-hmm. transition. So it's like, if you really wanted to smash the binary, then why are you transitioning? Why not just be super androgynous and do it that way? Because if anything, that's really actually smashing the binary, you know? Um, why not be, okay, a dude in a dress, let's say, but why do you have to call yourself a woman? You know what I mean? Like, now I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, I don't want to get into that topic, but, but you see what I'm saying? It's like, they want to do something while also forcing me to be included in there. Which is what really sucks. Like I don't want to be included. Um, I mean, I've 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 gotten to the point on this topic where I'm like, if you want to redefine biology however you want, that's cool. But don't don't expect me to do it. I'm not gonna do it. Don't expect women to do it or anybody else. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case. We can't stay in our lane. We have to throw everybody in the same lane, or else they're bigots. It's <laughs> so that's mm. kind of what really infuriates me about all this. It's 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 become like politicized but also it really does threaten free speech which i'm a big fan of um and so that's why i'm super annoyed by all this is that what kind of prompted (laughs) you to start your social media presence or were you already doing that and then this kind of popped up on your radar uh like with your podcast and no yeah 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 for sure i wasn't i mean i've i mean i yeah for sure it was when i started to transition um, that I started to feel like I wanted to connect with other people that maybe agree with me because, um, you know, I didn't really know the person. So I'm like, there has to be other people like me because this is, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I honestly, I started to feel super alone and isolated, like early on in my transition. I'm like, hmm. am I as crazy as these people? Like, am I just delusional? Like, is this all a facade? Like, what am I doing? Um, it really made me think about what I was doing more. So I guess, uh, thank you. Uh, but you know, at the same time, it's like, it, it was depressing, dude. Like I was super depressed. I was like, this is, this feels, it feels more, I feel more insane because I'm stuck with these people. Like, what are they actually saying? Um, and so that's when I stumbled on Twitter and, and then I realized, wow, like there's actually a lot of people that are involved in this. And I guess I could speak out too and share my two cents. Um, but the plan was never to be on YouTube. Trust me. <laughs> I hate being on camera. So, but, but it is what it is. Like I, like I said, like, I don't want to look back and think, oh, I did nothing, you know? Um, so, so yeah. Do you think that there, um, there's move in a pr- more preferable direction, uh, yet, or do you see things kind of changing? Not really. Um, the problem is, is like, yeah, not really because uh, people like me, not to say that I'm perfect, but, you know, just kind of whatever, regular transsexuals, we're not really going to be on, you know, cover of Time magazine or CNN or Fox News or anything like Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're very much ignored, and that has everything to do with the fact that CNN has their agenda, Fox News has their agenda, so it's kind of like we're only used to feed that audience, um, which I've realized, so... I'm not sure what it's going to take, but it is kind of frustrating um, because I do see, especially with the topic of like uh, trans women in sports and children uh, on that are transitioning medically, uh, 
I do, you know, I already see that that's kind of becoming an issue with uh, conservatives are uh, trying to ban kids from medically transitioning under the age of 18 in South Carolina. Um, mm. So it's like, I, I, I don't know. And I'm kind of just in the middle, stuck between two extremes, and I just don't yeah. agree with everything. So it yeah. kind of blows. Yeah. What's your What's your take on on childhood transition? Well, and just just I mean, first, just speaking, like, would you have wanted that for yourself? And then, like, how do you think that that would work out on a societal level? I mean, in a perfect world, like, yeah, I would have maybe wanted it for myself, but then not really because I think one thing I've realized with, uh, and this is not to say I'm against. Um, I feel like it's it's better if it was on a case by case basis as far as somebody let's say medically transitioning at 16. But then my other concern would be, what process are they going through before doing that? Is it going to be a lot of therapy? Is there going to be a lot of other ways to deal with their dysphoria before saying okay nothing else worked and then we can try that? Um, but personally speaking, like I think what I've realized. Especially as I see all these detransitioners, five years uh, detransing, and uh, or before that, is um, it's kind of like everything else in life in a way. I feel, you know, like for example, I think I think I'm always going to look back and think, well, what, what if I had finished college, um, you know, and wonder what that life would be like. And so that's kind of the same way I look at if I had medically transitioned as a kid. I think as I grow older, I always think, well, what if I had done this sooner? Or, I mean, probably five to six years from now, I don't doubt I'll think, well, what if I never transitioned? You know, what would I be like today? And so I think that's the hardest thing is like as human beings, as we grow older, there's no way I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to think about detransitioning in a, a year or two. Like it's only natural because this is like a massive life change. And so knowing that is why like personally – I'm glad that I never did it as a kid because I want to be able to look at that question like, well, what if my life could be like this and understand that, no, everything I did today is exactly what needed to happen for me, which I really don't think a child could answer that. But again, I also don't, I'm not, I'm not for banning stuff. So that's kind of my hmm. problem. Hmm. Do you, do you think that there is uh do you think that the care that you were given was sufficient, like with regards to uh, the different levels of support, the, the medical and the, the psychological support? Do you think that you were given access, that you had access to, to uh, like sufficient? When I met, like when I medically transitioned? Yeah. Like, and, and leading no. up to that. No, no, hell no, <laughs> no, not at all. I'm okay. So like I went to a gender therapist for a while and, um, it was just, I don't know. It was a, it was definitely weird. Like I've been to therapy off and on throughout most of my life and that was just I just didn't like it. I don't know. There was something not authentic about him. Um and I I just eventually stopped seeing this person cuz it didn't really feel like I was too challenged basically. But my point is is like I didn't really have to do that. I could have just gone to Planned Parenthood and informed consent and I'm good. Um which technically speaking, by the time I was done with that therapist and then I started on a new one, I was pretty much just like at a point where like I wanted to start. So in a way, I did go to something similar to Planned Parenthood. It was like a clinic. Um, and that doctor that saw me, who is no longer here, 
she I left the office for whatever reason. Um, she didn't seem knowledgeable, like probably at all, like barely, bare minimum. You know, I asked her questions that I then realized I needed to answer it for her because she's pretty clueless. Um, so it, it definitely is interesting. Uh, is something I've often wondered is why places like Planned Parenthood are cool with just providing that, which to me, I feel like it's just all about the money because nothing else makes sense. So an 18 year old that thinks it's just dysphoria that they're dealing with, yeah, they can just go to a clinic and get it and they don't have to go through any major process. So it is, it's, it's an issue, but you know, I, I don't think trans activists care because their idea is if you don't let these kids have access to this, then they're going to die, which I don't, I don't think it's true at all. So do you think that, okay, it, it seems like on another level, the, the gender ideology, if I can just talk about this conglomerate mm-hmm. idea, um, activist tainted idea, um, that can actually harm the uh, the process of of uh, psychological care because th- that's a that's an ideology. It's not necessarily something that interacts with a human being. It's something that kind of like sucks them into like a, a frame yeah. of reference. And so, if that is the training that psychologists are getting or these gender therapists are getting, then they're they're more. Uh, <clears throat> I don't I don't see how that can actually be helpful for somebody to untangle uh, the. the rich amount of nuance here, um, especially with mm-hmm. the threat of conversion therapy, uh, kind yeah. of tainting. Yeah. And then the other problem is, is like, we have so much more going on besides dysphoria, which, um, nobody really wants to talk about that. They want to just focus on this ideology, uh, affirming and they make it seem like life is just going to be glamorous after the fact. Um, and you know, especially since I've been doing my podcast, like Almost everybody that's been on there has had a lot of issues going on, not just dysphoria. So it's really hard to understand why dysphoria even happens when there's so much more that we deal with. Depression, anxiety, ADHD, autism, uh, really depends on who you're talking to. But there isn't one transgender person that I've talked to that has only had dysphoria. There's, there's like five other things going on at the most, bare minimum, two to three, um, you know, so <laughs> – that, that's another thing that I often don't get why we don't talk about because, again, it's like it's really hard not to think that this is like some conspiracy theory or something. I don't like thinking about that. But as somebody that's this center right, it's like I can't help but think what is the left trying to do to this this world? Um, and I hate thinking like that. Trust me, because I know I sound like I belong on Fox News, but like <laughs> it just I don't know. I don't get it. What else is the, the point besides to completely destroy society like and just just redo it all over again in a very bizarre leftist sort of way Mm -hmm. from your own perspective what are what is the concept of gender that's most useful for you like like you speak about gender therapy i i would like to actually do more research on what does that actually entail Mm -hmm. um and i i work with sasha ayad she'll be on my channel again later on this week um but what are some of the concepts that helped you make peace or figure out like where you are in this gender landscape? How how do you conceive like, of that? Are you asking what I see myself as or what helped me kind of accept who I am, et cetera? Yeah, like like the framework 
mm-hmm. more and just just to like share that with other people um like what how do you conceive of it and how did you make peace with yeah so uh honestly i think uh just accepting the fact that i'm female is probably the biggest thing which mm-hmm. um because i know early on um you know once when I first started to really kind of socially transition or try to, um, I didn't like how that was making me feel because, and I know some people that are going to watch this will disagree that, but that made me feel like I looked fake and I was fake. Um, you could argue that I'm fake now, whatever, but you know, because when you're just kind of trying to believe that you are what you are because you say you are, um, which like for a hot second, I think, that's where I was going. And it's hard not to because when you watch like YouTube videos of other trans people, that's all they're saying. Um, so, but it really wasn't. And honestly, that was causing me more stress, like just stressing about, um, not that I want to talk about this stuff, but just stressing about stuff like lacking, you know, a bulge in certain areas, like, and trying to pretend that there is one. I, I mean, if that helps you, cool. But to me, like just kind of, going along with the typical sort of uh, path that you have to go through or most typically go through if you're trans, uh, a trans guy at least, um, I saw that that was really just like adding more stress in a way to me. I was like, okay, like I don't have to do all this and this is honestly making me think more about the fact that, oh my God, people need to see me the way I, I, I am presenting. Like, oh my God, I hope like they're not noticing that I have nothing down there, you know? Um, and then when I let go of that, I was like, you know what, like, I'm just going to transition and present as best as I can as a male because that's how I want to live in society, period. But I also have to accept the fact that I'm still a female. You know, uh, the, the reason that I'm a trans man, which is technically what I am, is because I'm taking testosterone, not um, all this other stuff that people are saying, you know, and, and I'm very comfortable with that. And honestly... I almost wonder what would happen to the our mental state in the transgender community if we would actually start it off with that conversation. Like, I am way more relaxed and confident as a person because I know what I am, and that's cool. Like, I don't care. It doesn't erase this other part of me. It doesn't define me. Um, I mean, I crack jokes about it. It's like it's fine. Um, and so it's it's really just the I kind of kind of like a deceit that we have in the community that really really messes with people's head, including mine at one point, you know? It seems like the problem, one of the problems that I see with transgender activists, gender identity, just in aggregate, this is kind of a straw man, but, but one point of tension that I see is that it's not one size fits all. A a trans woman will have a different set of character um, attributes Mm -hmm. and different sorts of needs uh, to just on, on a performative level, of, of acting out that gender, like the, the whole set of behaviors that one has to, you know, think about and intentionally develop is completely different for a man, tra- somebody's transitioning into a man and somebody's transitioning into a woman. And it, I, what you just said reminds me of what other people have said in this series about the, um, the extra level of stress with performing this and then expecting other people to believe that performance. And maybe you're just not a performative character. Maybe like you're, you're who you are is not a performer. And so like you're having to adopt this whole performance thing that, that just exacerbates all the issues. It's not helping you at all. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's it, to me, it's like so much easier to just accept that I'm a biological female who happens to be a trans guy. That's it. Um, that doesn't mean that I go out into the world and tell the cashier, you know, my chromosomes and oh, by the way, I'm a trans guy. Um, but I mean, <laughs> like, it, it it just it really does things to your brain when you're trying to lie to yourself about everything. You know, it's it can't be good. And I honestly think that's why so many people in the community sound crazy and toxic because they that can't be feeling good for them at all. Well, and then and then plus the next level where like the your coworker there that you mentioned saying I'm not mm-hmm. going to go along with this or the Jordan Peterson uh, kind of the misconstrual of what Jordan Peterson mm-hmm. was saying. It's like I'm not going to step into your ideology. Yeah. You can't right. force that on me. Like that I'm not going to step into that cognitive dissonance. So it seems like the whole the way that that um coercive uh, aspect of gender ideology in these programs and these trainings, it, it all comes down to the seed where there's somebody who's uncomfortable with themselves. And the one method of correcting that is to correct society around them or, mm-hmm. or for them to force society to see them another way. And it seems like what you're pointing to is the path that worked for you, which is to just ground yourself in, in reality and then figure out ways to be comfortable in your own skin. Exactly. Yeah. And then the, 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 the interesting thing too, is like you said, uh, somebody being uncomfortable. Yeah. Like maybe there's five people over there, you know, maybe five people are uncomfortable about one thing, but there's other people like me that are uncomfortable about what they're doing. And then on top of that, there's maybe people, uh, just ordinary dudes like you, you might be uncomfortable with all of this. So it's like, whose comfort level matters more? Not mine apparently. So, um, that's, that's the other issue too. It's like, all right, so we're how who's deciding this? Because it seems like somebody's comfort matters. Everybody else is just screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, how do you parse competing claims of uh, not necessarily victimhood, but I guess just comfort, base level comfort? Yeah. Um, and then how do you enforce that? Um, and I think that that your attitude is a clue that you're just going to be you. Uh, just taking your story, what you've told me, you're just going to yeah. be you, that conservative person that you interact with it's going to be too much effort for them to not want to get along with you because you're just presenting somebody that they want to get along with. And so they're going to make that very easy concession to you by changing their language around you. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, there's always going to be people that are uncomfortable with me, regardless if they know I'm trans or not, they might just think I'm a jerk and that's cool. Like, I don't understand why we have to convince everybody that you need to like me and accept me and also embrace who I am. Um, it, it's just very bizarre, especially from the LGBT, because as far as I can recall, it was always about acceptance and now it's about, no, you're going to repeat the same things I say and believe them or else. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I don't, I don't get it. I'm totally cool with the whole acceptance thing. <laughs> like I don't need more than that at all. Um, and I mean, it's, it, it's, it'd be weird if, and it is weird. It's weird when other people are so educated, um, however you want to define that on transgender stuff. It trips me out. Like I don't want to hear any coworkers say, and they have, and I understand because again, they were educated, you know, but it's weird hearing other dudes I work with sometimes to say like chest binder, you know, like I didn't want them to ever know what that is. Like, why do they need to know that? It's, it, it's weird. Um, to me, that's just, you know, how much education are we going to put out there to where people know my, my story inside and out, even parts that I didn't really want them to know. Like, thank you. 
Um, <laughs> well, it seems like you're beating people to the punch by speaking about it online. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. In a way, I know I'm talking about it now, but it's kind of like the only reason I'm talking about it is because of because they're talking about it. So I'm just trying to provide a different perspective, but it it's just really it's really interesting because you know this whole time transsexuals have always been stealth, but I mean, there's really no chance of that for the most part. To, like, because now people just know. I mean. Even I feel like I've become an expert at spawning a trans person. Like I just know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that that in, that interesting um, uh, kind of uh, fallout from the uh, mm-hmm. the bathroom issue. Let's just say the bathroom issue, and uh, and women starting to say, actually, we don't want men in our restrooms. Like we don't feel safe with that, and we don't want them to be in here. And then they're misgendering women who have a more masculine body type. And then now there's that weird aspect where now women feeling that they need to police their spaces because they have conception that they're going to be um, violated in some way, whether or not that's real or not, but that is like causing like more intra sex um, kind of policing because there's stereotypical male traits that some women have uh, height, uh, jaw structure, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, with that topic, I, I'm just pretty much done with that topic. <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no way to, I don't, I don't see how we would solve that one. Um, unless again, we had like what police officers posted outside or you're going to check, uh, IDs or we're going to pull people's pants down. Um, like there's just only I extreme ways to solve that. Test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we could, uh, I guess we could add a, a new bathroom, like an, another option. But like what I, what I always say is like, how are you going to know they're going to go there? Because I mean, for the most part, if there's a, a single family restroom, I'd rather just go to that. And I do, but if that one's taken or that that one's not there, I'm just going to go to the men's and do my thing and go out. I mean, nobody has ever given a shit about, I don't know if I can cuss here. Sorry. Um, that's fine. Yeah, nobody I mean, has... it's, it's very apropos to our topic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, nobody ever really cares. I think, um, and obviously nobody cares in general about trans guys, but I guess the issue is more trans women hmm. because of the fact that they're biological males and because of the fact that, yeah, some people are definitely trying to, uh, fit into this category to gain access to female spaces. Not to say they all are, but that's definitely more of an issue on that side than, you know, well, There's not again, a... if there was, uh, if, the, if there wasn't so much policing around the discourse, the conversation mm. could proceed. And p- the reason I, I believe reasonable ideas will win yeah. out, but because like, there's so much policing of like, you're a bigot. If you even question this stuff, then it, it, like, it just brings yeah. us all into a lock of, of not being able to really right. understand each other as humans. Yeah. And I think, I mean, both sides on some level, they're trying to do something that they care about, but it comes off as kind of extreme because like you said, nobody wants to really talk about it. Um, and, and that becomes the issue because I don't know, but sorry. No, that's fine. Completely lost my, tra- lost my no, train of thought I, there. I wanted to ask, have you received any blowback from the LGBT community or have you been flying under the radar or, and what's that been like? Mostly under the radar, I think. But I mean, I've gotten just, I mean, I've gotten some people calling me transphobe and a bigot bootlicker for sure, but definitely not that bad yet. (laughs) So 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine where I'm at. <laughs> I don't want that stuff, but yeah. But well, I mean, how about I from the other side, side, from the conservative side, then? No, not really. Well, the other thing too is like, um, I can't get that many left-leaning people to come on my show. So hmm. you know, the they see a couple t- uh, titles of my videos, and you know, uh, one very pretty well-known um, trans activist actually. Uh, I'm not going to drop his name because I'm not trying to give the guy hate, even though he's kind of a jerk now. But uh, yeah, like I was amazed that he said that my content, it's harmful. Like what I'm saying is harmful and he doesn't want to contribute to that. And I mean, it blows my mind because I've I've been talking to so many different people that probably I don't even agree with politically. Um, mm-hmm. But yet I'll, I'll have that, that talk with them. Um, and I see that a lot from uh from the right you know some people uh recently complain that i don't have enough left people on my show but it's like they don't want to talk to me so you know what am i supposed to do about that and and like you said that becomes a problem we can't have these discussions so how are we going to solve the problems we're going to solve them in some sort of radical way that the left or the right comes up with because you know any moderate voice is just kind of like a bigot regardless so can you can you justify can you help me understand how your content would be seen as harmful? Do you understand that? No, I don't. I don't. I don't understand it because I've even had like non-binary people on there who, I mean, I can't fully wrap my head around that still. And I don't agree with probably a lot that they say, but like I still had them on and they shared their story. So I don't understand how it's harmful. Um, it's literally just a conversation, um, you know, so I, and but again, it's like they feel attacked when you talk about stuff that might maybe debunk their ideology. I think that's literally what it is because I don't understand what else it could be. It's like they don't want this rational voice out there because now people will see that what I'm saying is just a bunch of BS. Is my thinking? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have a, a moment? like that where you your belief system was was being challenged either in this thing or, or in another area and how did you uh what do you think are some of the properties that allowed you to allow, allow your belief system to change if if you've ever had to change maybe you've been right the whole time yeah i'm always right dude <laughs> okay. so bad no. false dichotomy on my part to assume that you kind of set yourself up for that. So, yeah, um, I no, I, I, uh, <laughs> to be honest, I've, uh, like I've never been into politics and I'm still not, I don't consider myself like a political expert. And I mean, I've always been pretty reserved and I had no intentions to get to the place I am at today. Like if we're talking about politically speaking, I've always been a, a kind of blind voter. Like I never really looked into why I was going to vote for somebody. It was more of like, okay, so my family's more this, so I guess that makes sense. Or, okay, well, I'm hanging around LGBT circles, so this person is pro, you know, same-sex marriage, so obviously I need to vote for them. Um, It really wasn't until, like, probably the end of Obama that I started to really open my eyes and read articles and not just the headlines. Um, Mm. And why that was, honestly, was probably a lot to do with the fact that, like, you know, half of my family seemed to be for Clinton. The other half seemed to be for Trump. 
Um, so obviously going by this, I, I, I could have just accepted the fact that half my family is racist, but, uh, you know, I knew that's not true. So I'm like, I, all right, so I have to understand what's going on. And then I think it was honestly around 2015 when I felt like fake news was really happening. Like I would see articles that just seemed really bizarre. Um, or I remember friends posting things on Facebook and then I clicked and read it and I'm like, why did you say this, dude? Like, this is not what the article said at all, you know? Um, and so they're not reading it. I'm not reading it. Cool. So we're just going by a bunch of BS. Um, and yeah, it was around that time specifically with the whole Trump thing that I started to lose friends and I started to see people just kind of panic and start just saying stuff out of emotion. Like, if you, you know, if you like Trump at all, you're going to be, uh, you know, uh, banned from my friend or from my friends list. And it, honestly, it was all that the the extreme that was happening with people on the left, people that I thought were my friends, people that I thought cared about the truth turned out to just not care about that stuff all of a sudden. So all of that, it, you know, was kind of leading me into where I am at, at today, I guess that and just the fact that, I mean, it's not a major part of it, but, you know, it definitely did help working at, <laughs> I worked at a prison for a little bit. Um, mm. And just, you know, I, I don't want to say like that was all of it, but all these things kind of factored into like opening up my eyes more like, okay, like I need to read these articles. And you know what? Uh, I have to be rational minded when it comes to handling situations with criminals. There's There's more to it than I think he's, you know, he's a loser or he's obviously guilty because he's in here. There's, there's more to it. And so like, I guess all these things that happened just kind of forced me to, I, I wasn't trying to open up a book cause I hate reading, but it just, you know, the, the hysteria that was happening, I had to kind yeah. of like snap out of it because again, a lot of it did have to do with the fact that someone, you know, someone, especially in my family was for Clinton, more than half of it was Trump. So I was like, okay, like I don't, want to believe that half my family's racist because that doesn't make any sense so that that was have you, before i yeah that was before i medically transitioned i was just gonna say okay have you um been able to act as kind of a bridge builder in your family or have you figured out like how these two different ways of thinking I, uh formed and then no. if there's any possibility of them i mean <clears throat> i Definitely feel like I tried, but I failed. Uh, so, but I mean, I don't want to give my family a lot of crap on here or anything, but I mean, I, I tried, but I definitely think like now it's more calm, but at the time, like, yeah, there's no, there's no chance to have a rational discussion, especially in 2016, people were just really intense about what they believed in. And I mean, to be fair, even I was like at, at a certain point I realized like once I snapped and realized, okay, the left isn't everything I thought. I lost it and I saw myself like, you know, just going along with a lot more things on the right in a very, at times I think like Fox News kind of a way and I'm like, all right, um, I need to tone it down. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, I'm just saying like there was a point there where I could have never come back to where I'm at today. Um, so, but I didn't, I saw that I started to do almost the same thing that the left was, right? The left, if you're like left leaning, you tend to believe things on the left if you're right leaning, you believe things that the right say. And for a while though, yeah, like I saw that, okay, well, everything the left said, I questioned what the right was saying. I'm cool with it. They're obviously, tr you know, all true. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 
it's really hard to snap out of it and take a step back. But I mean, you don't want to be blindly following either side because both sides are on some level just going to be lying to you sometimes. It, it just is what it is. Yeah, well, I mean, and you're lying to yourself, too. It's very difficult to um, question everything. So it's easier to just question one side and, and get a team. Um, but yeah. if you want to break out of the team mentality and not burn yourself out, you just have to take a reasonable, you have to kind of just chill out, engage yeah. thoughtfully and just tone everything down and slow slow it all down. And then, of course, everybody's going to call you you know, weak or a traitor or whatever, you know, but like you even have to let that go. Um, Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I know my mom, like she's, she's pretty great about this, but she would always tell me her opinion and she'd be like, you can believe what you want. This is what I believe is why I believe it. And I mean, sometimes I don't want to hear her at all, but like (laughs) she has a point, you know what I mean? Like, you know, parents like really have a point, like they just say things and you get tired of it. But after a while, like it really sinks in and you're like, okay, I think I understand what she's saying now. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, my parents are Cuban. They immigrated to this country. Like there, there's got to be a reason why they believe the things they do. Um, and so, it, you know, even what they say sometimes, yeah, I'll question it. But I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, if you're in an environment that kind of em- uh, embraces the idea of questioning things versus, you know, I don't know what's going on in some households, but that would suck if I was raised in a home where people are just thought out, like, don't ask questions. Like, this is what's right. Um, can be pretty toxic, I think. So, mm-hmm. well, that's great. What, who's, uh, what's your next lineup for your podcast? Are you allowed to speak about your um, next guest, or is there a topic that you're exploring coming up? Uh, not really. I think, uh, the next couple podcasts since the year's coming in are just going to be pretty, pretty fun. Uh, nothing too intense. That last one was a little bit intense, uh, in a good way, uh, talking to a detransitioner and talking about transgender kids. So that, that one was, but yeah, I mean, I don't know where I'm going to go with the podcast, but, um, I just really want conversation. Like that's my biggest thing. Like I, I want to talk about these things. I want other, I want experts to talk about these things. And I know you've had some on your show, but it's like, why aren't they, you know, why aren't there more people like that talking about it? Um, and I often wonder, honestly, I go to an endocrinologist and I often wonder what their actual stance is on it. Um, obviously I'm not going to ask because I don't think they'd answer, but I really, I truly, I don't know. I really want to see this. And, um, like I know, I don't know if you've seen these articles lately. Like there was one the other day on, um, I think it was from the UK, but it was talking about how um, some people that work for NHS are leaving because they're affirming kids a lot. And mm-hmm. there was something a similar article to that in Australia regarding transgender women in sports referees quitting because if they they weren't allowed to question anything, and so. I mean, that's kind of, I guess, where we're headed, which it sucks. And, yeah, coming up on the 2020 election, I already know that transgender is going to be a hot topic for the left. So I just. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It already has. I mean, they had that LGBT town hall. I didn't watch it. I mean, I just saw probably the most outrageous clips. (laughs) You're lucky. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cringy. So um, Hmm. I don't know. I'm just pretty pretty much done with all that. That's why I'm I'm trying to talk, despite the mm-hmm. fact that I'd much rather go live my life and not talk. But mm-hmm. it's just very frustrating because 
one of the biggest things that, like I said, for me is like free speech. And I feel like it's being attacked more so with trans people now. Um, mm. And it's just not, it's not okay. Like I'd, I'd much rather do something for this country than for my selfish needs, basically. Hmm. But yeah. That's great. I love your, I love your tone and your attitude. Uh, this is the exact kind of people that I want to drink beer with. <laughs> Right, All right. Not the kind that would uh, lose it if you misgender me. <laughs> no. Oh no, you know, in in my experience, like I've never the only people that have like corrected me about that have been people correcting me on behalf of somebody else that's not even there. You know, I mean, because a pronoun is a third person thing, so it's like, wow, well, yes, uh, of course, yeah, I, yeah. The, you know, the there's a certain type of person that that I really dislike. Um, it's the, it's okay. it's the I think I know you're church lady person, you know, uh, <laughs> with purple hair nowadays, you know, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what it's like over there for you I mean, where you're at. Like I, I could not live there. I feel like I would die hmm. <laughs> inside. And <then. laughs> it's interesting. I mean, actually in, in Washington and Oregon and, mm -hmm. In California too, like there's the official stance, which is really progressive, which is the city stance, but everywhere outside of a city is super yeah. uh, conservative. Um, hmm. Just the way it is. Um, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, but it doesn't seem that way at all in, in how the media presents it. it seems like yeah. the whole state is just gone. Yeah. No, so. no, there's, there, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting how these uh, political narratives and any sort of narrative kind of like gives an impression that, that actually once you zoom into it, like the map and the territory yeah. don't even have anything in common. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. That's a fair point. Although I still never want to live there, but, um, <laughs> but I mean, I can relate because when I lived in Denver, Denver was crazy, but everywhere around Denver and Colorado seemed pretty normal. Um, mm -hmm. but yet I still look at Denver, like that's a crazy place to be the whole state. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, thanks Mars for joining me. I, yeah, no I will problem. snip this correctly. This is a wonderful conversation. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. Honestly, I've, I've been enjoying uh, all your podcasts and your evergreen thing. Uh, I don't know how you did that. I feel like I lose brain cells. I had to take a lot of breaks because I was like, I can't I, I've taken a big break. Yeah, I'm like these people are crazy stupid. Like I can't. There's no way. Um, uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, I'm. I'm only. I have another. I have another probably two or three hundred hours to put into it, and I just. Mm -hmm. I can't. I. I go back into the material. I just like. I can't. I can't separate how this is making me feel from what I need to make everybody else feel. At this yeah. point. <laughs> I know I saw. I saw that you did get. You've gotten hate for it, but like. I, I often wonder, like, do people, especially the professors you talk about, like, have they tried to, like, kind of cancel you or something? Not really? Um, they can't. It, it's, that's a really interesting kind of uh, power dynamic that we have because they are state employees and I'm a private citizen. So there's no way for them to come after me without them looking really bad. And one person kind of made the overture of kind of mm. trying to smack me down on social media and it just 
did not work in their favor at all. There's, it's kind of asymmetrical battle. Like they can, they can do their marketing push. They can't really single me out, any state employee. Um, I'm sure they, they, maybe I'm being naive. Um, uh, but I don't think that that would work in their favor. And I think that they know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you did present them how they presented themselves too, though. So I've tried to not, uh, I, I've injected my opinion and I do have opinions, but I've tried at least with the official documentary to just, just show, because I think if we just show it, then people can derive their own lessons from it. You know, yeah. so they don't necessarily yeah. need my input. But you're obviously, you're obviously done with school though, right? Um, I don't know. I, I, I've only had my bachelor's. I, some part of me wants a master's, but I don't know you, what to do next. What'd you get a bachelor's for? Um, I, Gender I called studies? it narrative. What? Gender studies. <laughs> Gender studies. No, this is actually what the series is about. This is like, kind of, my... I, to be honest, it'd be great. I'm like, that's why he, he covers this topic. I get it now. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, just writing, um, basically narrative stories, how, how stories work, how, how, what, what, what we find valuable from them, what they, what they do and how to make them and how to break them apart. The, so the whole go trans back to that school. What? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I keep cutting you off the whole trans. What? Um, uh, the, the, the trans topic mm-hmm. felt to me like a way to explore progressivism, uh, away from the yeah. race thing. I, I, I just, the race thing is so fraught, um, yeah. that it seemed like there was more, I, I would have more access, um, to actually talking about, um, how activism's interacting and impacting this community. And then you have this yeah. huge, um, yeah. byproduct of like actually educating people about, you know, like the ins and outs of this. Then there's so many. So, yeah, exactly. But you're you would actually go back to that school like if you wanted to get your masters. Uh, they only have masters in public administration, environmental oh. studies, and uh, teaching, and I would not go there for teaching because <laughs> they are very uh, from everything I've gathered. They're they're pumping out activist teachers into. Yeah, I I actually often wonder about that. Like, if you're a teacher, um, is there a way, or I don't know if it would be radical to say, but I, I wonder because I do see that there are a lot of like activist professors kind of inserting their, you know, really communist or just insane ideas out there. Like, is there a rule there where like, if you're a professor, you can't, you know, you, you get what I'm saying? Or is there at, at Evergreen it, specifically or in Washington state or I guess in Evergreen or, but in general, I've wondered this because I see so many professors kind of push these like, crazy ideas out and i'm wondering isn't there a place where a professor needs to stay to not kind of uh you know inspire students to think about being like say say a communist um i don't know if that's a thing um well, okay so that that's a really interesting question and i'm i'm going to try to i mean i don't i can't completely answer it but i do think that on one level it's an ethical uh kind of question of what is the role of the teacher? And there is a certain, the classical liberal viewpoint on being an educator is that you present the views and you allow the student to grapple with a variety of viewpoints because they're, you're, what you're doing is training a mind. You're training a mind to jump from one idea to another idea and watch those ideas battle out. You're just trying to strengthen somebody. There's this other, um, 
mode of teaching that is actually kind of enshrined more and more in certain parts of academia uh, around uh, Freer. I don't know if I'm... There's a couple of books. One is Teaching to Transgress, and another one is... I can't... Bell Hooks book. Um, but the that is the modality of the world is fucked up. My job as a teacher is to train people to fix the world. It's that Marxist... Um, it's the mm-hmm. Marxist dilemma. Like philosophers yeah. have only tried to understand the world, but like the question is to change the world, right? So that mm-hmm. so when you look at that, I think most of academia is not like that. But because of the modality of activism is to make yourself look bigger than life and yeah. to actually make a big stink about things. That we we have uh, those 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 incidences and those teachers are what we see more of because they are designed to make themselves be more of. But then if you look at the way the ac- the academy is redesigning itself around gender ideologies and uh, diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. and all these things, that's being inserted into the administration and then being taught um, outside of the classroom in that student life, like all the rallies and all the trainings and stuff. Okay. So, um, yeah. It's a complex very... thing. Somebody asked me today if it is an epidemic, and I don't think so. I think I'd be overstating the case, but I do think it is a big problem. It needs to be called out so that people have the tools to combat it because I don't think activism should be a part of the academy. Yeah, that guy, uh, what's his name, George, the president of your of that school, Evergreen? Yeah. Yeah, what a, what a fucking pussy, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> God, I think I paused it more because every time he talked, I just wanted to just punch him. Honestly, like that—that's a problem, really. Like he—he just—he's such a little bitch. It really pissed me off because he was just going along and not challenging these kids and pandering. It was so gross. I'm like, dude, you're exactly why you can't even control this school. You dumb shit. Like, what are you doing? Um, huh. <laughs> Okay, yeah, hold so, on. I want to. I want to ask you, like, on a psychological level, what do you think it is is behind that that feeling that he he inspires in you? Like, is he like some sort of weak father figure, or like, what is? Not even weak father figure. I think a weak father is probably better than that guy. Like, uh, I think it's more of just. Uh, I don't know. I I will say this. Like, that's one of the things that super upsets me with the left. Uh, in general, you know, I'm not saying I hate everybody that's on the left, um, but a specific when I say left, I usually mean like a crazy leftist. Um, but it's this apologetic kind of attitude that a lot of people on that side tend to have that has allowed so many bullies to kind of control everything like schools, conversations, Twitter, you know, freaking everything on social media. Um, and I, I just don't understand why they keep doing it is I guess they really feel when they come in numbers that they're wrong, I guess. Um, they're also probably scared of losing their jobs. But it just hmm. seems like, yeah, it's it's, hmm. it's really – So you have a conception of the radical left that it's basically built out of bullies and cowards. Then. 100%. Yeah, because I honestly believe that – um, the amount of people on the left that are like super leftist pushing communism, let's say, I mean, yeah, there's probably a lot more than there was like five years ago, but I still do think a lot of people that are left leaning liberals, there's probably a lot more of them. They're just not speaking out. So yeah, I do think 
y'all are cowards because <laughs> I don't understand what it's going to take. Like, if you want to save your party, which at this point I don't even think that's possible, like, you need to speak out. You need to call these people out. You need to say, that's not okay. You can't bully this person just because they don't, let's say, uh, want to use a pronoun that you prefer or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I mean, it's online and it's offline, um, more so in cities. So, I mean, it's hard to say it's a problem, you know, on the right when it's coming from major cities. Hmm. Well, well, you're doing mind. good work, Morris. Thanks, you too, by the way. I appreciate it. And, th- and thanks for having me on, honestly. Yeah. I, I, really, I really like your series. Like, I've, I'm not going to lie, I've, I've seen some of your videos and I've stolen some of your guests. So. Oh, no, <laughs> so, excellent. Yeah. Please do. Poach them. Yeah, I, yeah. I just want to be yeah. a portal. No, it's good. It's good. I mean, you've had guests on that I don't agree with, but um, I do appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, the comment section on this video isn't too bad. Fuck <laughs> <Like, laughs> it. I should always <laughs> They're gonna love yeah. you. I I do feel bad. I, I think that you're you're used to it now. But I get guests on that don't really understand how comment comments work, and like I don't know how to tell them. Like there are gonna be some people who are gonna say some things and only listen yeah, to the yeah. things that one actually would change your view or two mm. are good. Um, don't ignore the negative stuff, but you know don't take it to heart either. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, it's it's fine as long as the ones that really piss me off are. Still a female. It's like, did you not fucking hear what I said? I know. <laughs> like, so it really yeah. irks me. It's like, so why are you, why are you just trying to be a douche? Um, but yeah, it's YouTube comments, which yeah. I mean, pretty sure in the future that's going to be banned too. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we don't, I never asked you, what are your preferred pronouns? Should I introduce you as he? Don't. <laughs> <laughs>